Hello, everybody. I am here today with Tim Clevenger. Tim is the Vice President of Marketing at Cambia Health Solutions here in Portland. He was raised in the Central Oregon ranching country, and he knows a thing or two about branding. He has built his career around building brands focused on the consumer, and he's been using his passion for marketing, branding, and the creative process on behalf of Cambia Health Solutions and its companies to drive marketing success for the last four years. Prior to joining Cambia, he led the successful marketing, communications, and branding efforts for the University of Oregon. Go Ducks. Go Ducks. Go right. Ducks. Okay. He was the vice president of marketing and brand management for the Pape Group yep. uh, for 11 years. And uh, then he moved. Uh, before moving to the client side, he spent 15 years working for two Pacific Northwest ad agencies and several years with radio stations and newspapers. But I have to say, you don't have a face for radio. You are meant for TV, Tim. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, he received a bachelor's degree in journalism with an emphasis in advertising from the University of Oregon. And he also earned a master's degree in business administration from, is it Merrillhurst? Merrillhurst, yes. Merrillhurst University. He and his wife, Lisa, live here in Portland, and they enjoy everything that Portland has to offer, from amazing hiking and good beer to fantastic food and crazy events. Absolutely. I, I Again, I've spoken about I love coming to visit Portland because you can just eat and drink your way through. That's and right. nothing can make me happier. <laughs> but clearly from reading your your bio, um, you're sort of the ultimate Oregon guy. This is in my own. I'm, I'm branding you this. So yep. congratulations. Thank you. Um, it seems you obviously have a passion for everything the state offers. Um, in fact, I have it on good authority from a mutual friend that um, you actually started off living the ultimate, quote unquote, hippie life. <laughs> will you, um, will you, and a little, you gave a little of it away when you said that you were, kind of grew up in the ranching country, yeah. of, but will you give a little bit of a history of your, your upbringing as a hippie? Well, uh, I would say I was less the hippie. My dad was kind of a mix of a little bit of both. I mean, he came from a ranching household, but uh, when he moved back from California, he had a interesting passion for, this is in early 70s, yeah. uh, Ewell Gibbons, health food, crazy kind of psychedelic shirts in these small little towns in Central Oregon. Never seemed to fit in, but he was always just, hey, I've got to be who I want to be. So I be lived me. with that. Uh, I was the opposite. I went to first grade and wanted to wear a blazer and a tie and pretend like I went to a private school in a town of 300 people. <laughs> so I think this is hysterical. So you, this is the fun part of the story. that, And, and it's just this beautiful setting we have to create here for our, our podcast listeners. So rural Oregon is sort of like the Wild West. It yes? is the Wild West. Right? And when I grew up, yes, you – uh, I went to first and second grade in a town of 200 people. Um, my dad's first teaching job, he was a shop teacher, was in a town called Prineville, Oregon, founded by a, re a relative of mine and another gentleman named Barney Prine. Had a population of about 2,000 people. So that was big pretty time. big, big Woo. time. And um, that's – you're on your own when you're out there. So you are truly out in the middle of nowhere. And and he was an educator. Was he a teacher? He was a teacher. He taught metal shop. Mm -hmm. And um, again, in his unique fashion – so you're a shop teacher – uh, he had two bachelors, two masters, and was working on his doctorate before he passed away. So, so maybe just a little over. He just loved for the role education, loved learning new things, <laughs> and would always push us as kids just keep trying new things, learning new th things, and 
you know, when I got passionate about art, he just kept pushing, take more classes, try new things, and explore. And your mom, different. you said she made your clothes, I believe. You told yeah, me the story. Yeah, well, if you were a your... teacher back then, you <clears throat> obviously didn't right. make much money. So uh, still don't now, still, I will right, say. I was going to say, I don't um, And money. so, yeah, she made most uh, most all of our clothes until I got a, my first job. And then you could, you know, buy some of your own clothes. But I, I just have to I, need to, I need the visualization of the story of you going to your mother when you live in this small sort of ranching community and say, Mom, I need a suit. And not just a suit, but I hear that you needed a, well, like a logo. I on wanted an ba- emblem. Blast on, blazer yeah. So chest. I wanted, I had a little red blazer and I wanted an emblem on mine. And somehow, somewhere I had learned something about a private school. And I wanted an emblem because that's what kids in private schools had. Uh, and again, I went to a school of about 40 people. So no one had any idea what I was wearing, let alone a, ja- a jacket, let alone one with a, a logo on it. And and did you did you carry a backpack or? A... Uh, I started carrying a briefcase a little, a few years <laughs> later. I waited a little bit till I got a little older so I could bring a briefcase to school. All right. So, so the but... class pictures were you, so you looked sort of like you were the assistant teacher and then the kids in their... <laughs> Plaid and their cowboy boots. Sort of a lot situation. of cowboy boots, a lot of jeans, a lot of plaid shirts, uh, t-shirts. So yeah. Funny. So, yeah. My dad would do the opposite. He would come home and he would find this crazy fabric and he would ask my mom to make these shirts that just would literally hurt your eyes. They were so bright with all these crazy patterns, and he just loved them. So. He loved them. Yeah. And then, and then there was his son Tim. That exactly. Right. <laughs> Who was in the suit? Um, so. You had mentioned um, that you guys, I think you moved to L.A. for a time and then back. And yeah. So what happened there and how did that well, influence your? Yeah. So, well, my dad uh, hitchhiked down to L.A. right out of high school, uh, met my mom. They lived down there for a few years. And my sister and I were born down there, uh, much to the chagrin of my grandfather. And because our family are wagon train. We came over on wagon trains and settled a lot of the land over there. And he was convinced because that's why we went to the University of Oregon because that's where all the, quote, hippies went. <laughs> and um, that that something happened to us when we were born in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> or Southern California. So Yeah. OK. So so we by by having you then go to the University of Oregon, they were able to like weed that out of you. All of that bad juju that. Oh, no, no. Got... That would have been Oregon State University. Oh, right, right. Right. The beavers, so the not beavers, the ducks. Right. So yes. we, my sister and I were the black sheeps. We went to the University of Oregon Ducks. And um, that's where um, my life path started to change. But yeah, we were the first, to my knowledge, first out of our family. And uh, again, when you grow up in rural Oregon, not Often do you, do you go to University of Oregon? Right, that's a big deal. Yeah, well, still, big, yeah, still a great. School. We're changing that. So. Right, still a big deal. A lot of <laughs> famous, important people came out of the University of Oregon. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of that, and um, we talked about, and sort of my, my signature question, if you will, is is about holy shit moments that happen to yeah. us that inform, you know, our our careers, our families, our lives in general. And you you kind of intimated a little bit about how when you went to the University of Oregon, that was, you know, things happened to you there. Um, mm-hmm. Will you share a little bit about what that 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 moment was that, that really sort of juxtaposed where you thought you would be? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one of the things that even when I was working on the branding for the University of Oregon, it was something that always stuck with me. Um, but yeah, so I, I, uh, I had always loved art and creativity and that whole process. Um, but I, as my suit and 
uh, attire would attest. I also had this crazy love of business, and I didn't really know how to mesh the two together. And so when I went to the university, my dad was a teacher. I thought, well, maybe I'll be an art teacher um, because I loved art. So I enrolled in the fine arts program. And um, one of my classes, we're drawing this model. And the, what was uh, the model of? A uh, woman. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, a yeah, model, like yeah. a physical model. Right. It. So it was a life drawing class. And so drawing away and the teacher's walking around the class, checking out all your, all your work. And he stops behind me for what seemed like an eternity, probably about 15, 20 minutes. And I thought for sure. That's a long time to have somebody oh, over your shoulder. 15, oh, yeah. 20 minutes. Oh, you're just thinking he's going to rip this to shreds, you know. <laughs> this can't be good. Cannot be good. <laughs> and so when he first said something, he said, you know, I think you're in the wrong school. And I just, oh, my gosh, you know, what's wrong? And and he could tell. I w- He said, stop. No, no, no. He said, your drawing looks exactly like the model. It's great. But he said, you're trying to replicate what you see, not interpret it. Mm-hmm. And artists interpret. That's what makes art. And he said, you might be more satisfied in a career in advertising or graphic arts or something like that. And Growing up in a small town, I had no idea what that was. So he took the time, his own time, set up an appointment with a counselor in the advertising program at the journalism school. And I found out about this career that blended business and creativity, art, and all these things into one. And I was just enthralled. I just, I just, I like switched majors immediately, took all my journalism courses to get into the school. And that really was the trajectory that changed everything because um, I met a couple of guys that were majors uh, at the journalism school who were starting a fraternity, convinced me to join and help start it because they were starting on campus. Never thought I would be a Greek. Um, It's through that fraternity that I ended up meeting my wife my last term of school uh, who became a teacher who stayed in Eugene. I waited for her. I started getting into advertising there, and everything just kind of took off from there. It was nowhere in any of my plans. So when you went into – when you you were at the – as you said, you'd gone into the, the ad business. You'd found your calling. Mm-hmm. This was like, okay, this is the perfect combination, um, you know, of, of business and creativity. And you had this plan, as you were saying, to go into the ad business. Before you met your wife, Lisa, you shared a story about how you'd had this – like grand plan of what your future. Now that oh, yeah. you found your calling, right? Right. What, so what? Oh, I always that had grand like? plan. Yeah, I always had grand plans. I quickly <laughs> now I can look back and see yes. those will always get changed. Right. And yeah, I was going to go to work for McCann down in San Francisco. Uh, I had just broken up um, with this uh, very lovely girl who was way too serious and was needed to stay and finish her degree. We need to give an apology to her here on the air. I'm so sorry, sorry Suzanne. Sorry, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into her and sits, you know. Um, but I was dead set. I was going to be an ad guy down in San Francisco. And so spring break, I uh, came back from spring break. Um, I told all the guys, a bunch of my friends in the fraternity, I was going to go on a big dating spree, finish off spring term, go get my job at McCann, and never look back. Sell those wild oats and exactly. move on to be a big ad guy, just and like we see in Mad Men. Went just... on one date and... Fell in love, and three <laughs> weeks later we got engaged. And three weeks we were, later, yeah, we were married. We met in April 
gave her my fraternity pin, got engaged, and got married that December. Holy cow! It was cow. just whirlwind. But it was, and I felt so bad because I really had no intent. And all the excuses I said about breaking up with. Yeah. So you could have gone the dating spree? Right. Yeah. And it was like, uh, not so much. Oh. So, yeah. That Suzanne, was. Suzanne had the best intentions. It wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't you. Um, but so, so. How conflicted were you? Because I imagine, look, you'd gone on this this long path. You were always sort of the odd duck <laughs> out. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, right. No, I, I totally meant that. <laughs> um, the odd duck out if you were sort of in the, you know, growing up in Oregon mm-hmm. and um, you really kind of felt like you knew and then lost yourself and then you had this calling and you, you were super inspired and then this woman comes along and she changes everything. How did that – I mean, look, I obviously – but how did that um, – how did that – how did you reconcile sort of your plan to go down to McCann, if you will, and with, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that up because this is more important. What was, yeah. what was, that, what was that moment? What happened in there? Um, well, that's one of the fortunate t- – you know, my, I uh, lost my dad about three years after we got married. And so I had a few years of really valuable time with him mm-hmm. and had about nine months right before he actually passed away where we were spending a lot of time together. And um, – when I was wrestling with that question, it was yeah. like, look, I, this is something I want to pursue, but I also – I'm in love. Loved, yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to be crazy for her to pay out state tuition. She only has a year yeah. left. And, you know, my dad – and I've, I've told students this before. He said, you know, you, when you're young, you can do – you have a lot more thing, um, opportunity to try new things. And he said, it's not going to kill you to wait a year or two. Um, the job will always be there as much as you think that you need it. And uh, he said, pursue love before you pursue business. Mm-hmm. And I had made that mistake two years ago when I went for an internship in an advertising agency and told him he had this whole summer trip planned because he was a teacher. We were going to drive across the country to New York, fly over to Europe, and backpack around Europe all summer. And I broke his heart told him oh. that I had to take an internship in advertising uh, so I could pursue my plan. And he just n- gently never never held it over me. But he said, don't ever make that mistake again. Yeah. Pursue the love that you have for Lisa before you pursue your career, whatever you think that is. A year or two, now I can look back 30, Very what, wise. years later. Right. And so I took him up on the advice and – stayed. And then um, that's how I got involved with uh, advertising, with uh, newspapers, radio stations. And a lot of those people that I worked with became my first clients when I started a small little ad agency with a friend of mine. And uh, then we grew that six years later into three different markets and 15 people. And I sold that, went to work for another agency. What was that agency? uh, Clevenger Westing, you know, very creative. Yes. but none of that would have happened. Um, and while I always kind of thought, oh, maybe I, this would be the, the time, then life just – then life started to happen. Mm-hmm. And then we had our our daughter. We adopted our son. Um, Eugene was a great place to raise them. And uh, the second agency I went to work with had offices in Portland and Seattle. So I got to explore the Northwest. There wasn't any reason. Lisa started teaching. And it was one of those moments where you just sort of look back. And I remember getting friends of my, calls from friends of mine in advertising school that were just burnt out in New York and burnt out in Chicago and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And 
Is there anything that you've heard of? Anything open in Portland? Anything open? I just, I, I'd love to get out of the rat race. And I look back and think, that could have been me. Right. Yeah. So that was, so actually, so you've had a, a couple of those moments, right? The moment that sort of put you on the path to the career, but then the moment that had you choose, you know, love over the career, right. but didn't re- you thought that that was the choice, but in fact, that actually informed your career and built, because you were yeah. one of the early Portland ad guys. I mean, you know, the the marketing and the advertising community oh, it here was is really small. massive, but then no, I it mean, was tiny, right? Yeah, Wyden was still down on like right across from our office at Second and Stark. I mean, they had picked up, they had obviously started working with Nike. Um, but yeah, there were just a handful of shops here. Um, our shop in Eugene, we had, when we opened up our Seattle office, there wasn't a lot happening. You know, there were some of the big guy, the big mm-hmm. firms started to uh, appear, but yeah, it was a, a completely different world back then. Right now, yeah. it's just it, oh, it's amazing it's, to come here. It's a, I mean, oh, a I'm amazed how many people just move here and then start looking for work. I mean, it's it's really become a popular place, obviously, and people love it. And so Lisa and I have loved, you know, moving here. It's just exploring everything that Portland has to offer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What? So when you think about, um, you know, where you are now and, and what, what success looks like um, moving forward for you, you know, mm-hmm. versus you, you kind of the quintessential grand planner who um, then finds out that that wasn't the right plan. Right. This is the, <laughs> so... Um, Probably knowing better than to make big plans, you know, that are going to change. <laughs> what is what is success? I mean, you've you've chosen to stay, so obviously success feels like it belongs somewhere and something to do with with here, within yeah. the Portland area. But what else? What is it that that you are looking and aspiring to? Well, you know, that's um, Lisa and I talk quite a bit about that. I mean, as a trajectory of a career, you know, my next rung, obviously, I'd love to. You know, my goal is to be a chief marketing officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've talked to other friends about that and um, started to talk to other CMOs about that. Yeah. And so that I, I would see that in the future for me. Uh, I've also heard from a lot of CMOs that are like, you know, if you like marketing, you should really be thinking about whether that's exactly the trajectory you want or the type of company that you, you make sure you get to the right company mm-hmm. because some CMOs – don't do a lot of marketing. They end up being uh, doing a lot of C-suite work and helping protect their marketing Bureaucratic. team. Right. Right. So um, for me, I just, I mean, I love marketing. I love branding. And so wherever that next step is, because um, I didn't, the Portland opportunity when I was working at the university, it was a great brand to work on. And yeah. we were still in Eugene and, you know, I could see that going quite a while. And then when a recruiter called and, it was like, wait a second, our kids are grown and out of the house. Opportunity to try something new, uh, live in Portland. We'd been in Portland a lot, but actually reside here and explore it. Again, that didn't, we didn't search yeah. that out. Yeah. And so I think what I've learned is just um, be open. Yeah. Let the universe know you're you're there and the opportunities find you, and then you explore those, and it's sort of like a date. You know, you begin to find out, is that the company you want to engage with? Is that the type of role you want to engage with? They need to find that out from you, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and you've, you're, you know, again, I've, uh, I liken this sort of, uh, this, this role that I have in, in doing these, these guest conversations as being 
um, armchair psychologist, I I tend to see in you this this you know this passion and this love certainly in the marketing, but how love has sort of trumped all of mm. your decisions. You know, you of course the love of your your wife and your family and the kids, and you know you were super generous with your your heart and your family and you've adopted children and you know the, the most giving of, of families do that I think but that you also wanted to give back to this school I thought was really insightful at least for me and I may be making more of it but the University of Oregon had a both from a childhood perspective in terms of something that most people wouldn't aspire to right. that you got to right. and then that you were able to not only find your calling there but then actually give back to the school by working at the school mm-hmm. um, itself and then setting up shops, building an ad, ad, ad agency here, which in and of itself is amazing that you could have an agency here that expands to multiple markets. And it seems like through all of this, it's the love of things that calling that you've had from childhood has been sort of the weaving point. Do you see um, Do you see yourself doing something um, – Maybe more, uh, you know, uh, along those lines that more kind of giving back. You know, we mm-hmm. we talked to Carol Cruz earlier, who yeah. I know you worked yes. with at yes. Cambion, is a good friend of yours. Um, and you know, she talks about how now she's kind of looking at that and and the giving back and to the community. It seems like you've already done that. Are you looking to do more of that? I can't. I, I would always do that. I mean, it's something that even before I was working at the university, Lisa and I were always pouring our time and resources into the university. And we would find, uh, you know, our son, we'd find organizations. Um, You know, personally, I just believe that um, our creator gives us love for a reason. And as when you hold on to it, it just kind of rots. It doesn't really do much. Mm -hmm. And the more you give away, it's it's this counterintuitive thing that the more you give away, the more you receive. And so... um, for me, it's just going to be continuing to find those organizations to be involved with. If it's professionally, that's great. I mean, I volunteer in a lot of boards and organizations, help them with their marketing plans, help them with their strategic plans, communications plans, anything I can do to help them achieve their mm-hmm. potential as a nonprofit and reach their markets. I love doing that. Yeah. I love doing it with students. I work with young guys from my fraternity now, helping them. And... You know, it's just an opportunity to take what you've been given and share it. And give it back. Yeah. Right? And as a result, you've given to so many others because you've got – you talk about the some of the people who work for you at Cambia, but also some of the students and the, and the um, people that you worked with at the University of Oregon – do you have any stories about how they, uh, what they have done? So how? Oh, I, I. That's one of the things that I I love it, it, marketing in particular. In addition to just the discipline that mm-hmm. I love, that detective sort of work and getting in there and using your creativity to come up with solution. You work with so many people and you spend so many hours together. Um, and I've had so many stories. I have one colleague who started out as an uh, admin in our marketing department is now. VP of Marketing for Cummins, uh, I think. I don't remember her exact title. Uh, I have another friend who is um, heading up a magazine in Manhattan that came through our our team. Um, I mean, I I get notes from people all the time that are just doing these, um, for them, amazing things as well. But just they're enjoying life and they're out there pursuing this career that 
I've loved and that have kind of infected some other people yeah. with too. And I just love getting notes from people that, yeah, I we have a student um, who she just got, she was a student uh, working for us at the university in the marketing department. And she's in marketing now up here in Portland. She just got married a year ago and getting notes from her and seeing pictures. You know, another one that it lives in Chicago. We just got a note with her and her, for her and her two kids and what they're up to. It's amazing. I just I love the human connections that marketing brings when you have that opportunity to spend hours a day, you know, arguing with each other and what's the right strategy, what's the right target, how are we going to solve this problem? You get that that solution that you know you just everybody's like this is it, this mm-hmm. is gold, and you move forward with it. And the more you do that, you just you live with each other and then you get to see each other and support each other as you pursue different career paths. Have you um so sort of that going back to that professor who stood over your shoulder and introduced you to the world of advertising, not his world but a different right. world. Um you feel like you've done been able to give some of that back to some of those those students and teammates? I, I sure hope so. Yeah. It's um you know um I try to be very careful when I uh look at people's work when I do performance reviews, <laughs> I try to just really look at everything and say, okay, here's – as opposed to just a cursory review and say, okay, I don't want to be tough, but sometimes you have to say, I, I think you could do better. Right. You know, maybe you're in the wrong school right. <laughs> you know, or something. And, maybe this isn't for you. Right. Well, I have one the really dear friend who's now a priest. Really? Yeah. He It wasn't for him. Wow. And um, yeah, he's – uh, I believe in Pennsylvania now, and yeah, we keep in contact on Facebook. And so. you were, you helped him. I didn't help him become a priest. No, <laughs> <laughs> but did you but, help him come to the conclusion that what he was doing? Well, maybe we wasn't we right? had a lot of life discussions, and you know, and is this really a career? And he still always liked. He was more on the PR side mm-hmm. within our within the the firm I was at. Um, but he really wanted to pursue his faith. So the way he put it, he said, I'm just going to be a PR man for God. Nice. <laughs> so I was who's going to, who's going to no, take No better boss that? than that, right? right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Well, I, I, so it's, I think it's, um, it's those experiences and having had that experience, that, that frightening sort of pivotal moment, but somebody who had the courage to tell you, instead of, instead of sort of the participation, you know, flags that we all get, the little ribbons that we all get now to give to kids, that instead somebody has sort of tough love and right. says, not this, but maybe that. So not discouraging, but honest. Right. And that you were able to, to have, you know, to take that lesson and Well, it's like that teacher in that forward. art school, and I wish I had always remember his name, but if he either didn't care or he was just showing up to take mm-hmm. his paycheck or didn't have enough courage to say something, I have to believe what he said. The draw- If the drawing was fine, he could have just given me a reasonable grade right. and moved me along, and I would have been some frustrated art teacher somewhere. Right. But sometimes there are those moments when you have to just say, hey, let's talk. Be honest. Right. Yeah. Well, it's great. And it's. I think it's fabulous that you've been able to um, take that and continue to pass it forward and so we'll put a big – I think we'll get a, a new blazer for you with a big heart on it. That's <laughs> okay. your, your big love. I big like love. it. I Good. like it. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate thank you coming you. and joining today. We've, um, we've, we've, we've gotten so much from your inspirational story. So. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed the time. Thank you. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.